Hi, this is Day for Night with Cutting and Stitch, a series that looks at the intersection between theater and poetry in the edgelands, in the wilderness. In today's episode, uh, I'm going to go back into the first uh, book of translations of mine that was published. It's called Federico Garcia Lorca, Impossible Theater, Five Plays and Thirteen Poems. Uh, it's published by Smith and Kraus, K-R-A-U-S. Uh, and I wanted to dip into actually one of the poems rather than one of the plays, although I love the plays. Um, and it's um, it's from uh, 13 poems in this book are from Lorca's selection from Lorca's uh, poetry cycle poet in New York. So this is um, probably going to start with the uh, the poem called Cry to Rome from the tower of the Chrysler building. Apples lightly wounded by slender silver rapiers. Clouds torn apart by a coral ham that carries on its back an almond of fire. Arsenic fish like sharks Sharks like teardrops that blind the masses, roses that wound, and needles that live in blood's narrow streams. Enemy worlds and worm-covered loves will fall on you, will fall on the great dome that anoints the military tongues with oil, where a man hisses on a resplendent dove and spits crushed coal surrounded by thousands of small bells. Because there is no one to hand out the bread of wine, no one to make the grass grow in the mouths of the dead, no one to unfold the linens of slumber, no one to weep for the wounded elephants. There are only a million blacksmiths forging chains for tomorrow's children. There are only a million carpenters making coffins that do not bear a cross. There is only a crowd of lamentations unbuttoning their clothes in anticipation of the bullets. The man who spurns the dove should speak, should scream naked between the columns, and should inject himself with leprosy and cry such a horrible cry that his rings and diamond telephones will dissolve. But the man dressed in white ignores the spikes mystery, ignores the moans of the women giving birth, ignores the fact that Christ can still give water, ignores the fact that the coin burns the prodigy's kiss and offers the blood of the lamb to the pheasant's stupid beak. The school teachers show the children a wondrous light that comes from the mountains, but what arrives is a junction of sewers where cholera's shadowy nymphs scream. 
The teachers point devoutly to the enormous incense-filled domes, but beneath the statues, there is no love. There is no love behind the eyes' fixed glass stare. Love is in the flesh torn by thirst, in the tiny huts that struggle against the flood. Love is in the ditch where the serpents of hunger ride. The sad sea that rocks the skeletons of seagulls and in the dark tormenting kiss beneath the pillows. But the old man with translucent hands will say, Love, 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 proclaimed by millions of the dying. We'll say love, 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 midst affection's trembling flame. We'll say peace, 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 among the shivering knives and long hairs of dynamite. He will say love, 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 until his lips turn silver. In the meantime, in the meantime, oh, in the meantime, the blacks who remove the spittoons, the boys who tremble beneath the pallid terror of the executives, the women who drown in mineral oil, the multitude with their hammers, violins, or clouds. You must shout in front of the domes. You must shout crazy with fire. You must shout crazy with snow. You must shout with your head full of excrement. You must shout as if all the knights had come together. You must shout with a voice so broken that the cities tremble like little girls and knock down the prisons of oil music because we want our daily bread. Older and bloom and perennially harvested tenderness because we want Earth's will to be done for it gives its bounty to all of us. And that's uh, the poem Cried of Rome from the Tower of the Chrysler Building by Federico Garcia Lorca, translated by me from the Poetry Cycle of Poet in New York, published in Federico Garcia Lorca Impossible Theater by Smith and Krauss. And I'm going to end today's uh, episode with um, a selection from a play I admire very much by uh, an artist I admire very much named John Jesserin, J-E-S-U-R-U-N. Uh, John is a visual artist, director, and designer, and poet of the theater, and um, someone who was, and is, <laughs> was and is, <laughs> making um, what we might call, or what we do call, multimedia theater. Uh, back, uh, back in the in the early days of its uh, second renaissance, uh, if you will, um, the era of Worcester Group and Mambo Mines sort of up, up, up coming through the field. There was also John Jusserin and still is making. Um, and I think John is a sort of a prophet writer and a pioneer. He's also his, I think what happens with his work, I think, and maybe why it's not as well known, let's say, as Mabu Mines or, or particularly the Worcester Group. Some of it may have to do with the touring circuit. And a lot of it might also have to do with that his work is hard to define. Uh, he does work in multimedia. 
Um, he works internationally. Um, but the work itself is very slippery in terms of how you apprehend it. Um, most of his plays, and I can't say all of them because I think that would be mis- a misstatement, uh, but most of his plays have a, they keep turning on a dime, almost line by line, image by image. Um, the language sort of dissolves and comes up again and fractures and is mashed up together and breaks open. And, uh, there's always like very strong themes in his writing, uh, but there's a there's a constant shifting of playfulness, uh, an inability, uh, and I think a lack of my interpretation of it is that a lack of desire to be pinned down in a way. Like once sort of something is put forward, he spins it. Uh, and he spins it again, and he spins it again, and he's sort of constantly destabilizing the landscape and disorientating us as spectators and as listeners, uh, and sometimes working with kind of a feeling of automatic text, and sometimes uh, not not that at all. Um, there is a play of this, uh, the one I'm going to read from, that is um, was sort of legend in the field for a while, and... Um, had a long and tortured history to finally getting produced properly. Um, but it's his, his adaptation of Philoctetes, or Philoctetes, depending on who you ask, how the pronunciation goes, the the uh, the Greek. Um, and I, it was first performed at the National Theater of Mexico in the year 2000. And then uh, I published it uh, and a, a collection that I did called Divine Fire, uh, which I did for Backstage Books, which was a collection of uh, contemporary adaptations of the Greeks. And it was through that publication in Divine Fire that somehow the play sort of, you know, as John says, that people sort of gravitated to it again uh, after he spent quite a long time thinking it might not get done in the United States. So uh, it was eventually done at Soho Rep in New York on October 15th, 2007. That was a U.S. premiere. Uh, but I remember hearing about this play from from when it was at the Sundance Theater Lab. Um, uh, Robert Blacker, the late Robert Blacker, dramaturg there, talked to me about it. He said this play is like astonishing um and everyone was sort of talking about it and i thought at the time oh it's just, i'm just gonna it's gonna get done right away <laughs> um and here's another case of like a play sort of being in the ether and and actually premiering somewhere else premiering in spanish and mexico and then uh finally 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 coming having a u.s premiere uh, that I know of it has not been done again in the U.S., which is a real shame. Um, anyway, it's an extraordinary piece of writing, and it's also just a ferocious text. Really dense and uh, difficult, uh, playful, strange. But so is Philoctetes, if, if you've ever read that play. 
this the source material it's also very strange to be honest so uh, i think that john is honoring that um uh i will not i will stop prattling on and select a section to read so i'm just i'm tossing and turning between two sections maybe i'll just read uh as they as they come as they come yeah uh, probably what i'll do is yeah read two sections that kind of are back to back in the text but with a little ellipsis in the middle that i'll construct for you so this is a section called moonstruck and it's uh philoctetes uh, speaking one day Soon after I had landed here, a bird came to me and said, Seeing that you are in such pain and practically obsolete, we share your grief. We see your broken teeth and the bites on your lips. I answered, It's from eating snakes and opening oysters with my bare teeth. The bird said, We, the creatures of the island, have decided on a future for you, a way out. Would you like to bleed without pain, drink milk instead of stagnant water? We see how the phases of the planets disrupt the blood tides in your foot. A woman holds the moon in her body. What other animal has a 28-day cycle? None. A woman can hold life in her body and produce from it not only women, but men. A woman can bleed painlessly. A woman can produce milk. I see you changing in your suffering. Take your knife to the tundra and plant. I believe... You are soon to become a woman. Me, I said. I beg your pardon, honey. I don't think so. Several weeks later, I began menstruating. The next sequence that starts, prayer fragment. This uh, Philoctetes, Odysseus, and uh, Neoptolemus. But I'm going to just dive right straight into Philoctetes' speech. Every day I wake up and say it. It used to take me all day to spit out each and every one of the 20,000 bloody dominoes into the sky, but I learned. Say it, Neoptolemus says. Odysseus says, don't say it, Philoctetes says. First I dance around on my bad foot a little bit like this. It sends a fibrillating spinal tap of bloodshot straight through my tongue. Don't say it. You know every word. Listen to what the Cripple Creek fairies say. And he say. I am the instrument of God, the creator, to try and succeed where he failed. I can see everything. What can I can see, I can touch. What I cannot touch, I can see. What I cannot see, I can imagine. What I can imagine is mine to keep. What I cannot imagine is not mine. It will crush me eventually. So I crush all thought about what I cannot imagine. Then I let the bird choir sing, and the God speaks back, and it say... I made you out of nothing, and now you are nothing. I made you, and I cannot, and I cannot make you. I can make you into something else. I can make something beautiful and something ugly. I will crush you. I will eat you. And after I eat you, I will spit you out upon the waves for the fish and the lowest of animals to eat. Because you are the lowest of all animals. I made you that way. Lower than low, darker than dark, blacker than black. I made you that way to give glory to me. And you will give glory to me, even in your lowest form of misery, because I made you that way. And you will rejoice in it because you have no other choice. And you will be happy with it because, with what I have done, because I am the Lord, your creator. And I made you to suffer and worship me in joy. If I give you a brain full of black blood, you will rejoice and thank me for it. If I give you a three-headed son, you will jump for joy. If I give you testicles of salt, you will rejoice. If I rain, thou 
thalidomide on your people, you will rejoice and thank me. If I give you a cocksucking son who will bear no issue and be the end of your family's line, you will rejoice in it and thank me for what I have given you. If I burn your city, you will rejoice. If I send you to burn a city, you will also rejoice. If I cause you to build a great army, you will rejoice. If I cause your teeth to be ripped from the roots and run riot over the countryside, you will rejoice. This is what I have given unto you, Philoctetes, and you will give me all your joy when you thank me for it. You will dance for me on one foot if necessary. You will eat blood cakes if necessary. You will rape your sister if necessary. You will swallow your own fresh flesh if necessary, because that is how I have made you. If I give you strength, you will cherish it. If I give you weakness, you will cherish it. If I give you a stump for a face, you will rejoice in it, for it is what I gave you. You will find beauty in it, for there is beauty in the center of all ugliness. Remember that I am in everything, even in the ugliest thing, which is what I made you, and I made you to discover that, and in discovering that, you will rejoice at your good fortune to be made by me as anything I will want to make you. And when you beg me for an answer, I will say, what are you looking at? And if I give you a rhino clip pitch for a wife, you will rejoice and breed seven rhino daughters in honor of me. This is what the God says to me. And if I say no, he will slap me down again until I cry uncle and enjoy the beauty of my suffering. That's how I have survived 10 years in a club-footed memory dance. Can you dig all that? And that's from Philoctetes by John Jestrin. Originally written for the actor Ron Vodder, uh, who used to be with the Worcester Group uh, and passed away way too young. Um, so that's today's episode. As always, it's about you and I here in this theater, you there in the dark, and I here wondering who you are. If you wish to click on the listener support button, please do. More work will appear, happen, be made manifest. Hopefully, more new work will be written as well. Thanks for listening today for night.